You're listening to The 7 Peer Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders, entrepreneurs, and startups fill gaps, streamline operations, and drive success across the seven peers of business. Really quick before we dive into this week's episode, a lot of you haven't yet hit the follow button on your podcast listening platform of choice. And so if you've ever enjoyed this podcast, we have a request. Please go hit the follow button. It helps the show more than you know, and the more exposure we have, the more people we can share these dynamic insights and stories with. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Seven Peer Podcast. We've got a really good show today. This is uh, actually one I've been waiting for. It's going to be entertaining, I hope, uh, for those that are out there listening. And, you know, obviously, I know people have read the description and probably know the uh, the individual who's coming on here and read a little bit of the background for it. But before we get into all that, I have to say, you know, that this is a topic that is a little bit off, you know, from what we normally talk about. But there's actually a piece to this that connects to a lot of the other topics that we talk about. And in today's episode, we're going to take the idea of going from SaaS to stand-up. And this is a completely different you know, approach. And this is a journey to being your own product. And we know we have listeners out there where they are the product, right? And this is going to be important for, I think, some people to hear that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go build this big fancy thing. And you have to try to understand that there's lots of different ways to succeed or whatever success means for you. So I'm your host, Anthony Rotoli. With me, as always, is Aaron Davis, my co-host. And Aaron, uh, you know, going into today's thing, we're talking, there's a little bit of comedy in this one. And everybody knows I typically open up with a dad joke, right? That's just kind of becoming the thing, Aaron. And you know you're getting one today. Oh, man. I'm, I, am, I am antsy in my seat. I can't <laughs> so, there's no way I'm not doing this. So I had to run a couple by the kids, you know, last night to say, all right, I got to bring my A game. Um, you know, to this one. So whether it's the A game or not, just name's Anthony. So it's always my A game, right? So, um, but you know, here's my, here's my dad joke for everybody out there today. So a bear walks into a bar. Bartender looks at him and goes, why is a bear in my bar? First thing he says, well, hey, what do you want? So bear walks up and says, I'll have a rum uh, and Coke. Bartender says, hey, what's with the big paws? He goes, hey, I was born this way. I love it. That was, that was really good. That was good. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, so th- I had to bring out one of the, I've got plenty more, but we'll refrain unless we have to go for more dad jokes as we go through all this stuff. But Erin, <laughs> tell everybody who we have with us today. This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm really excited. So today on the Seven Pure Podcast, we have Nina Barnett. She's a female founder, event planner, director of a luxury travel company, and also a stand-up comedian in the great city of New York, in NYC. So she produces the Buy Me Dinner First viral dinner and comedy show in New York and around the country via Nina Barnett Events, LLC. Nina is a grad from UNC Chapel Hill with uh, degrees in both physics and drama. So interesting mix there. She's also the founder of Group, which is a mobile app and web platform that she designed to make safety more accessible and convenient during social outings. 
And when she's not telling jokes, she is traveling to climb Kilimanjaro, hike in Patagonia, or planning trips with her day job where she serves as the head of trip development and sales. So, wow, what an amazing journey. And I'm so excited to see how all of that plays into your story. So, Nina, welcome to the Seven Peer Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, thanks for coming, Nina. I, I, you know, looking at your background and knowing where you, you know, obviously there are roots to the area. And again, you know, there's always a connection somehow to this area. And, you know, knowing you now for a long time, you know, I thought this would be a really interesting conversation for people to have out there because you have been not only just well-traveled, right, but you've in your young career have done lots of different things. And I think it's important for a lot of the listeners to to get, you know, insights from different perspectives of how do you go do these things and you know what it takes to go do these things right because the reality is is that you've got to have something that you're passionate about and there's a lot of the things that we're talking about here that's about the passion and you know before we get into this so i'm going to throw out just a general question to you i'd love to get like for the listeners know more about you we're going to go down this path We've heard that you're doing stand-up. We heard you're doing travel. We heard you've been a startup. But what's one other interesting thing that people don't know about Nina that everybody should know that makes it even a better story about who Nina Barnett is? Gosh, I mean, honestly, I would say that for me, I mean, obviously people know now with the degree, like I did physics and acting slash drama, which is a very weird combination. And no, they did not overlap. Um, But I think, depending on who I meet, some people are either like, I had no idea that you grew up performing. And so I was professionally trained as like a singer my whole life. So I think that that is something that people don't know. And it's something I'm super passionate about. And I don't do as much anymore, mostly because I'm losing my voice all the time (laughs) on stage, which is every vocal coach's nightmare when I say that. But um yeah, probably, probably that, which is also kind of crazy. I definitely was not born with a good singing voice, but I trained really, really hard because I wanted to be good. <laughs> and, so that, that's how we ended up a comedian instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just been about a hundred different paths at this point. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, that's you know, obviously, you know, one of the things that's always interesting that we're finding in lots of the conversations, there's connections to music and sports in a yeah. lot of the journeys of. The people that we meet and it's always these kind of random facts like that which is an interesting one to know and i didn't even know that about you like you never told me about that so that's that's pretty cool so you know obviously at the end we'll have her sing her song and we'll make sure that everybody can kind of hear where that's going on what could you could we record that now and get that to play like on the the front and end like (laughs) music yeah like the theme song yes absolutely yeah i'll I'll lay you down a little (laughs) <laughs> you guys will lose subscribers immediately if i do that I yeah i mean that's yeah Aaron, we got to be careful and I, look aaron's busted out stuff in some other episodes that we've done it's actually pretty funny so you know hey we we never know where these things are gonna go i mean she she busted one out in one of our last recordings i was like okay that's i'm impressed subscribers so nina yeah. you know you're not alone you're not alone <laughs> yeah so well look we know aaron's a drummer too so we can get the rim shot you know behind all of this one you know so you know we've got you here I've I've got lots of questions that I know a lot of people are interested in you know obviously I've met you many moons ago it seems like an eternity ago when you were just this SaaS founder coming out of college who had this idea 
that was going to try to launch a, like everybody wants to launch this software product out into the world group, which was mentioned in your bio, which is still, you know, out there, you know, helping women and helping others with, you know, safety and security and, you know, the different likes that go into when you're trying to build those types of tools. You go back and you look at that kind of part of your history, mm-hmm. you know, to go this. So you obviously faced a lot of roads, right, to, to get to where you are. But what inspired you, right, first to start that, mm-hmm. but then to basically say, hey, that's not necessarily what I want to go do in life. And what yeah. kind of pushed you towards going and pursuing this other career that you've got right now in New York City? Yeah. So I would say for me, I very much so my whole life had been like, I'm going to start something. I'm going to build something for a while. It was collecting tic-tac boxes to build a pencil sharpener when I was younger, had no idea how that was going to work, but that was my grand idea. So I always knew I would start something, if not more than one thing. And for me, it really was, I had this idea and wanted to help safety for women and then kind of just put it in the back of my mind. And then I got to college and luckily nothing ever happened to me, but had friends that were just in situations that were very unsafe. And I felt like the whole conversation around safety was like, here's the worst case scenario all the time. And so most people don't want to think about that. They don't want to be associating their college experience with that. So I said, I don't really know what, who else is going to do it. And even if I fail, it's something that it at least raises the awareness and brings awareness to maybe an audience that isn't really thinking about it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, kind of from there, obviously, I'm sure we'll get into it, but getting to comedy and getting to all of that kind of stuff uh, has come in from many different avenues. But with starting group, the biggest thing there was just that I didn't see anyone else starting it. And I had a very, very clear purpose when I started the company that I said, even if I just change one person's life, or even if there is just one person that messages us and said, Hey, this saved my life or this, you know, saved me on a night out, or it made me have a better night on my college campus, whatever it was, or just felt more comfortable on my college campus or in the workplace, that was success to me. So um, it seems like a low bar, but that's such a big thing that a lot of companies aren't doing. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a good point. Right. And, you know, I want to build on that a little bit because everybody goes into these ideas of I'm going to go build this company and it's going to be the next big thing. It's going to be the next unicorn. And let's be honest, a unicorn is something that doesn't exist, yep. right? So, uh, you know, and I don't want to put it out there that you shouldn't go and try and figure out what your mission is. And maybe you do become, you know, that next thing, but I think you hit on the head there, you know, successful people, successful companies don't always have to be this big, big vision thing. Yeah. And, and I think it's a fair point to say, as long as I was able to change that one person's life, that one thing that helped prevent, you know, something else in, in your case, it, you know, again, you could still be successful as a couple million dollar company you don't have to be you know this big massive thing so yeah i think that's a really valid point that you make is like the little things sometimes go a lot longer yeah a lot further in you know people's lives than trying to think that you're going to be the next thing you know since sliced bread and uh you know i think people you know get caught up in sometime thinking about that and you know there's there's moments right through your career and through some of the things that you've done where 
you know, you found where that next thing was, that next thing was, which has obviously led you to some of your passion for travel, um, which, you know, I follow you on the socials and we'll talk about that later. But the, you know, the reality is, is you're all over the place, you know, doing that. It seems yeah. like you're doing bits wherever you go to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but let's, let's kind of shift into kind of that moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to take this thing that I did in North Carolina, building this company, and I'm going to go make the move. And, you know, that move from here in this area to New York City is a big move. I mean, that is a leap. That is a pure leap. So what happened? When was that moment when you just said, you know what, I'm going to go make the leap? Honestly, for me, I had thought about New York my whole life. My mom lived in New York for like 10 years when she graduated college. And so it had always been in the back of my mind. And I was deciding between New York and London and L.A., you know, all of those kind of places. And I went and lived in LA for a month and I didn't like it. And I said, you know what? I always am thinking about New York and my job is remote because it's me. And I said, why don't I just go? If I hate it, I can leave. And I've been in North Carolina my entire life. And I love North Carolina. I loved growing up there. I loved going to school there, but I just was like, you know what, there's a magic about New York that I can't get away from. And I'm always wanting to go back. And, I, you know, a friend of mine said, Hey, I'm about to go on tour with a Broadway show, I need someone to take over my lease. And so I said, Okay, great. That's a pretty good start date for me. And just exactly. went ahead and moved. <laughs> moved. Yeah. I mean, look, and it's funny because, you, you know, here's the story of going from the, here, from North Carolina there. I was the exact opposite story. Yeah. It's like, all right, I've, I've lived through this whole thing and I need to get out and away from it. Yep. Um, now, again, there's lots of connections that I have. Everybody knows that, you know, I still root for every team up there and I still have my, you know, connection and things to New York. And, you know, it is New York. It You, yep. you know what you're getting when you when you go there. It, that's the city, right? And <laughs> exactly. you, you got to live into and lean into that life. Oh, yeah. And if, if you want to lean into that life, it is different, right? It is different depending on stages of life. But, uh, you know, the, the fact that you actually had an opportunity is pretty cool, right? Because, you know, you're going from running this software company to, you know, being caught up in what, you know, the network, right, that you have to be. And now you basically have said, I'm throwing it to the wind, and I've got to go build a whole new network. Yep. And I'm sure when you landed there, there's only I know a couple people, and one of them just left, to your point. <laughs> right? So, you know, how did you kind of make that pivot change of I've got to go rebuild you know, this kind of network, because we have a lot of people even transitioning here to North Carolina don't have that network. They came yeah. from New York, California, wherever. What are some of the challenges you faced on trying to overcome that transition to go rebuilding an entire network after you had a very good one here? Yeah, it was really tough because I think, you know, at the time I was still running group. And so I was like, you know, prepping to possibly raise money and now needing to meet an entirely new network of VCs and of angel investors, which is not the worst part, but it's really stressful. And so I was like, I mean, I guess I'm going to be Googling things to go to. And then luckily at the time I had literally just been accepted into the female founder collective and they were doing a ton of stuff. And so that for me was a huge, huge help. And I mean, I think I could do a whole episode. I could do a whole series, probably a whole podcast on being a female founder. Um, 
the the thing that I am seeing, especially now, is there are so many female founders willing to like help each other. And, you know, if a VC didn't work for them or an angel investor didn't work for them, it might work for this person. And so I feel like that network really helped. But I mean, it was a struggle to find a whole new network of friends professionally and not professionally. Like it was a lot of just saying yes to everything. And I'm a very extroverted person, but I also charge, you know, like recharge myself alone. So that was a lot to just say yes to everything. And like seven months into living here, COVID hit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going there next because, you know, that, that is one of the things, just knowing your story and knowing what you, you know, went through when you made that transition, you know, up there, you know, you get into, I started meeting all these people. I started doing all of this stuff. And then everybody's told to go home and mm-hmm. and New York in, and obviously I have a family there and friends there and everybody that still is in that area during COVID was different than places yeah. like this, which are much more suburban and rural where you have the opportunity to be outside, you know, a lot more. I mean, how did you overcome that challenge? Because you're especially trying to get on the stand-up tour, right? You're trying to do stand-up, you're trying to run these other things and then everything stops. Yep. So, you know, what are some of the things and the approaches you took to try to continue to move that craft forward mm-hmm. in working conditions and trying to be a working comedian and trying to be a working entrepreneur and all of this other stuff? Get, tell us a little bit about that experience, because I think it's important to understand that there's ways to do things, even when it doesn't look so good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um. Well, so I was a wimp and fully moved out of New York. In my defense, I had left for a wedding and then just didn't come back for five months. Um, so all I had was black tie attire, which was really helpful. Um, but I honestly, so group was still running at the time and we were very dependent on in-person interaction. So I was like, this is a nightmare. Like there is, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but we had literally just started a series that was about mental health in the workplace and, you know, kind of doing this virtual series. And the main reason we were doing this virtual series was because a lot of the speakers that wanted to come on and speak about it were virtual. So luckily kind of had that momentum. And so with everything there, I said, you know what, why don't I give a platform to all of these different types of brands and people and whether they're female or not female founders and just sort of hear about their stories. So I sort of launched this series to keep group relevant, but also to elevate other people. Cause I was like, if, if I'm going down, I at least want to go down with a fight. So, um, we had all these different people on and it was everything from, you know, like a wedding planner who does celebrity weddings to someone that works on sustainable clothing. And then someone who had just was just beginning their startup journey to someone who, grew up with a mom who is very, very big in the business world and what that meant for like, you know, growing up and building your own trail. So it was all over the place, but kind of with that common goal of, I wish I I can't even remember what we called it, but it was like basically to just elevate this platform of what you're doing kind of with COVID, like how you're coping and just being real. Um, And so was doing that mostly to not avoid losing my mind because comedy just disappeared. I mean, it was completely gone. I hope nobody had to endure the 
like Instagram live comedy shows that we did. We did Zoom comedy shows. I mean, it's <laughs> genuinely the worst thing you could ever experience. Look, I, and, and knowing some of that story, like I wanted that was I kind of figured you were going to go there a little bit because the endurance that it takes to try to do those things when you don't as a person who's looking for the laugh or looking for the acknowledgement and you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, right? it's it was terrible. I mean, imagine it. There's a guy that I'm good friends with. His name's Eric in New York that he has a joke that Zoom comedy was like leaving a voicemail because you just sit there and you say your jokes. Everyone's muted and generally <laughs> their cameras are off. So you just have no idea how it goes. So I finally kind of stopped doing those after a couple months in because I was like, this is going to kill my dream. Like, I will not yeah. like comedy after this. And then it became, you know, outdoor shows, which, again, people were just walking in Central Park. They didn't ask for this. Like, they <laughs> yeah. did not want to show. You know, it's uh, one thing to busk in New York City. It's another yeah. thing to try to do comedy on the yeah, street corners. Was, um, it was demoralizing, honestly. But that was one of the first things to come back. I mean, New York was pretty slow, but that was one of the first things to come back were theaters and, you know, figuring things out. And especially because comedy clubs are smaller, it was a little bit easier. But yeah, comedy basically just died for, I mean, that's that's when we saw the whole TikTok revolution yeah. because all of these people were like, I've got to do something. So some of my best friends have millions of followers because they were like, this is going to be my outlet. I unfortunately was not smart with that because I don't love social media and I'm now groveling to get yeah, there. But I know. you're leaning into it a little bit more these days, but yeah. you're right. But as a creative, when you're in that creative realm, right, you've got to find the way for the outlet. I think you just said the key word there is like, how do I continue to be creative, mm -hmm. continue to try to move the ball forward, you know, as much yeah. as we possibly can. And, you know, it was a tough time. And, you know, knowing what a lot of people went through there, it's, it's different, right. Yeah. And well, thankfully, right, you know, we've kind of moved beyond it, we're past all of that stuff. But, you know, you were in a tough industry, and a time that got tough and didn't make it easier, right, for what was going to happen there. And, you know, I like the fact that you you just talked a little bit about the fact that you stayed motivated, you stayed inspired, you were trying to do some different things to help, you know, mental health. And we all know how big that was. And it continues to be. It actually gave that whole voice um, to things during COVID that didn't really have a voice on how important mental health is and the, and the things that you've got to do there. You know, with all of these challenges going by and you look at where you are, you know, you're now back <laughs> thriving in, you know, in that scene, you know, give everybody just a perspective because, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past and just understanding what it's like, like just, like, I don't think people realize how difficult it is. I think everybody yeah. thinks it's difficult, but I'm just curious just for, you know, for those that want to go try this new thing and just literally go and try something like this. It's okay. Like tell everybody a little bit, just give some, give some insight to what, you know, kind of the, the day in the life is. Yeah. So with comedy, comedy is weird. <laughs> um, I would say, first of all, if you ever hear a comic say like we have too many comics, I hate that phrase. I think it's like the more people we have in the industry, the better we all are. Like that's the reason that New York comics are, dare I say, so much better than a lot of places in the world because it's the best of the best. So you're constantly wanting to, I mean, you will see someone who will go to 75 open mics and I don't know that that's exactly efficient, but I think that you just see it all the time. So I would say 
it is <laughs> it is not for someone it makes sense that I like startups and I also am doing comedy because it kind of goes hand in hand. Like basically I could have five shows in a night. I could have one show in a night. And most of the time I will not know my show schedule until 2 PM that day, which is not great if you're type A like me, but now I've figured that out. And so it can be, you know, all at the same venue. It could be all over the place. Um, and especially as a female comic, you know, we're, we're getting there slowly in comedy when it comes to, you know, diversity and having males and females. And I think we're definitely getting there, but usually it's one or two females on a show of eight guys. And so the running joke is it's usually like the female slot and which can be very helpful if they forgot to book a female and I'm their friend, but um, but yeah, so it's a lot of like, I, I would say the worst part is people don't realize most of comedy for the first two years, three years, you are fighting for spots on stage and you're not being paid. So I still would say 50% of the shows I do are like unpaid spots and not, I mean, I'm sure a comic would be like, you should never reveal that, but it's one of those things where it's like the stage time is so valuable in front of a live audience that sometimes you're just like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Like, that's a great show. I'll do it. And you uh, said it, you know, there's a correlation and this is why I asked you the question because there's a correlation to startup mm -hmm. and you know, the product of Nina mm -hmm. of the more time that you get feedback, the more time you're out in front of your audience, your customers, your whatever it is, the better you get, right? Absolutely. So, and the same thing goes to having been a female entrepreneur, now being a female stand-up, mm -hmm. whether you're a male entrepreneur or a male stand, whatever, it yeah. doesn't necessarily matter. It's all about being out in front of your audience and getting feedback. And, Absolutely. you know, this is, as I talk about, I've said it multiple times on the podcast, feedback is a gift, right? You will know what's landing. You will know what's not landing. You will know if your product's good. You will know if your product's not by yeah. listening to the audience, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a critical connection that you just made there for everybody is that it's not any different. And guess what? Free pilots are the same as unpaid spots, right? Yep. <laughs> right. So when you start to look at that, you have to do that as a entrepreneur, whether you're the product of Nina, the product of you, or the product of whatever you're building, uh, I think people forget, right, that there is a correlation to lots of these things. And we're always selling ourselves, no matter what yeah. it is that we're doing, right. And you're, you know, again, whether it's a tough industry, look, there are tough industries in software, there oh, are tough yeah. industries in what you're doing, right. And I think everybody has to realize that, you can still stay motivated and inspired like you did before to say, this is what I want to go do. I know I was meant to go do this. Yep. Uh, and I didn't want to leave that unnoticed there for the parallel that mm -hmm. runs between those two things. So uh, it's really important. I'm glad, you know, you kind of said that to just help connect some dots for some people, because I think it is important, right? To obviously also know that it doesn't matter what you are, where you are, how you're doing it everybody deserves the voice. Absolutely. So, and I think there's some of the funniest comics are female comics, right? Yeah. It's just the perspective is different, right? And yeah. we can go down the list and we won't throw out all the names, but you know, it's 
you got to be observational, right? And you have some different observations that you'll go, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Like if you, you know, you ask my wife, you ask Aaron, she's with me all the time, right? There's, you know, there's things that you're going to observe that other people aren't and vice versa, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that's important. So, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at kind of, you know, the shift now that you're making in this and you're following your passion and you're going through kind of all of these different things, you know, what's next for Nina? Like what's next for comedy? What's next for projects? What's next for, you know, all of the different things that you're trying to achieve? I'm all over the place with like mountains and everything. Yeah. So my, to briefly touch on that, my day job is with Beyond Adventures and I climbed Kilimanjaro with them as just like a bucket list thing Mm -hmm. and then I kept in touch with them and then during COVID had been like if you guys need any help I feel so bad you're a travel company in a global pandemic I can't even imagine you guys just let me know and was doing one-off projects for them and here I am have been working full-time with them for three years Um, so I run our trip development and so I will sometimes go on trips and sometimes just be at the desk. But if we've just developed a trip, I always go on it to make sure it goes well. But so of course, I mean, you got to make sure when you're going to Kilimanjaro and Patagonia, you got to make sure that these things are going well. Yeah. Otherwise people will be like, not happy. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, I was just in Chile and Argentina in both of the Patagonia regions for both of those for three weeks, which is crazy. And then I've now climbed Kilimanjaro three times, going for number four in January. Um, if you haven't figured this out, she's got no motivation to go do anything. <laughs> so I mean, um, just likes to stay in the house all day. Yeah, I'm just at home. But I, I will say it's so funny because a lot of my friends joke that my dating apps look so much more relaxed than I am as a person because it looks I'm just like I'm just hiking and this free spirit and I'm truly someone with an itinerary that's planned to the minute so I was like yeah this is probably not a great depiction of me as a person but I do love traveling and I do love being outside um but yeah it's funny my I would say like next things for me I am dipping my toes in officially to trying social media um one of my best friends who has made it in social media he's crushing it he's got like 700,000 followers um was living with me for a little bit and basically had said you you know you've got to do this it it is it makes a huge difference it gets you booked so i've started to dive into that just like making more videos and so you'll probably see more of that from me and then starting my show back up buy me dinner first which you know in my Sorry, bio I wanted to go there too so tell everybody yeah. a little about that because it's kind of fun yeah it's so fun so i basically in the comedy industry one of the best ways to network with people is if you have your own show because you can be like hey come do my show comedian that's got a million followers that would have never spoken to me otherwise and then we meet and they see me perform and so originally i was like okay i've just got to start something but if you live in New York, you know, you could genuinely find a comedy show on every block. Exactly. They're everywhere. So I was like, okay, I need a whole different audience. I want to do something I like. And so I designed the show Buy Me Dinner First, which is a mantra that I live by. And I basically said, 
how do I bring my friends or my family or my family friends to a show when they're probably prioritizing like a dinner reservation or something like an art gallery or something like that. So this show, you get live music. Sometimes there's a magician, but you get a three-course meal. Are you are you doing the live music or are you bringing oh, gosh, someone? No. no, somebody else yeah. is doing that. Just yeah. want to make sure. Just want to be clear for those that want to go go to one of these things. <laughs> no, it's a professional. Um, so yes, yeah, so you get a three-course meal, like all of your drinks, and it's at a restaurant in New York. So it's always a really good restaurant. I usually try to find places that are you know, there's only one location of that restaurant. It's a local place. And then when you're eating dessert, there's a comedy show and you'll have huge names or, you know, pe people that are up and coming and it's done super well. It's coming up on its two year anniversary, which is exciting. It's crazy. Yeah, um, great. But we, this fall have had to change venues because the venue changed ownership. So that is something we're going to be like relaunching everything. So that I would say that's probably the biggest thing on the horizon. We're going to do one show um, with Bumble, which will be cool. Um, yeah. So probably just the relaunch of that. And then I guess my, you know, crazy content on social media is probably the the most exciting stuff outside of like my day job is exciting every day. So, well, yeah, I mean, you've got your, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. I mean, oh, yeah. that's for sure. And, you know, obviously it goes to this. So I'm going to put this out there too. So, you know, this is the lobby to get Nina's socials up that are out there. So we'll talk about how we follow her and we'll make sure that we link everything in the, uh, in the profiles out there. But I think we also need to lobby to get her on the tonight show to go do oh, yes. some of her bits. Um, I think it would actually be funny to see you <laughs> show up there and go, wait a second, Nina just showed up on a, on a, on a show like that to go do some stand up. Yeah. Um, because I think that would be cool. So to our listeners, these are my plugs, start lobbying and petitioning for, you know, helping Nina, you know, boost her brand, you know, yeah. a little bit because, that is kind of where it is going back to what I was talking about earlier. The product of Nina is the brand of Nina, right? And it, and you, everybody that's listening out there, whether you're running a software company, whether you're running an individual, you still got to build that brand recognition, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's critical for the insights that come into a lot of the things you just shared of launching and then, oh no, something happened, restaurant changed ownership. Guess what happens? This is part of being an entrepreneur something will cause change mm -hmm. and you have to be able to pivot Absolutely. and it could be minor. It could be large. Obviously we've seen with things like pandemics and stuff like that, but um, I want to make sure that, you know, as we kind of continue to talk to this, it's never going to be a straight line. Yep. If it is more power to you, <laughs> but Absolutely. I know through my career, I know through us on the you know, the call and podcast here today, it's never a straight line. Um, but you got to be willing to kind of go, I know still where the North Star is. Absolutely. Um, and trying to, yeah. you know, figure out there, you know, how to yeah. get to that thing, whatever it is you do in life. So, yeah. Nina, before we wrap up here, I've given my plug, we're going to get you on the Tonight Show somehow. Perfect. Or if, if you show up on SNL or something like that, I'm going to Yeah, leave. SNL, Tonight Show, people yeah. want to take me on tour. That's yeah. great, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, Nina, we've talked a little bit, of, you know, about all these different things that, you know, and the stuff you're doing. All right. 
we talked about what's coming next. So if you're in New York, you know, obviously we want to make sure people come see you. How can people learn more about your work? You know, we're going to share all those social things, but, you know, do I want you to give yourself the plug to any last insights for how to learn more about some of the things you're doing. Yeah. So honestly, I would say my personal Instagram, Nina Barnett, is where I'm going to put everything, but also the buy me dinner first comedy Instagram or dessert first comedy Instagram those are my two shows that I run. I'm obviously performing on other ones, but I would say those two are generally going to have, you know, they're, they're the direct product of me. And so I'm always going to be on those shows and they're really, really fun and they support local and they support local artists or ma magicians, um, <laughs> which by the way, very fun. Um, I know, so I know I, some actually really good magicians too. I know oh. uh, some of those, um, he's one of them's based in Florida and Aaron knows who I'm referencing. And uh, he is one of the best of the best high energy magicians. Oh, we can talk so about good. that offline. Um, but that's a, uh, you know, you look at that kind of stuff, right? The arts just in general, creatives, all yeah. of those things, you know, you talked about all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty important, right. To try to to raise that up as much as you can, because it's important just in a lot of things that we do every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, it's something that I firsthand watched so many people lose their jobs in the arts, like during COVID and everything. My roommate at the time was on tour with this Broadway show, and then she totally lost everything and was, had two monitors and she really was not enjoying that life. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I always want to support local, especially there's so many artists here that are not getting any recognition and they're the best performers I've ever seen in my life. So, um, I mean, that's why New York is New York, but, but yeah, I would say my social media, um, is where I'll post anything. If we're ever doing like a merch drop or we're doing, I'm doing other shows or I'm speaking somewhere or I'm going on tour. A lot of times I'll post and I'll say, Hey, I'm opening for this person in this random city, or, Hey, I'm, going to the city and I'm trying to perform if you know someone that owns the comedy club or whatever it is. So are we coming, are we coming this way at all in the near future? Definitely hoping to. Um, I originally was supposed to be coming in December to Raleigh and Wilmington, but unfortunately I'm not anymore because I have shows here, um, for some holiday shows, but definitely I, um, I was over at good nights in June and it was so fun. So I, plan on definitely coming back. I love doing shows in the South. I know I'm definitely going to be doing a Charlotte show at some point Very and cool. looking to do a buy me dinner first show actually in North Carolina. So that will be hopefully. Yeah, so, and we, and look, there's a lot of obviously connections to you and, you know, you know, where we can try to connect you, you know, in that aspect, I think it would actually be fun if you did that, you know, here oh. as well and start to expand that out. All right. So before we wrap up, we talked about a lot of different things, you can go into a bit if you want. You don't have to, but I want you to give it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we can go into any last piece of advice, you know, for those that are listening out here, just on some of the things in the journey you've had. I would say, you know, one line that I always said with group and what I've always said, honestly, most of my life, and I've said this when I've spoken to women in STEM, when I've spoken to other comedians, I say this if I'm one-on-one -on -one coffee with someone is that you will only go as far as you're passionate. And in that same vein, if you're passionate about something, people will believe in you. Like that was, I mean, I think 
that was why I had you as a mentor, even though I did not have a single dollar in revenue. You said, this is, you're passionate about this, this is a great idea. And I think that's how I was with group. It's how I am with comedy. The second you are not passionate about something, it's going to be miserable and you shouldn't ever live that way. So it's not embarrassing to fail. It is not embarrassing to pivot or to do a totally different career change because you will go do so much better if you're passionate about it in even the worst day at your job. And when you are so frustrated with your boss, I love my boss, but the days that you're so frustrated, if you are passionate about what you're doing, it'll get you to that next day. So I say just as risky as it sounds, like the results do come if you're passionate about something. And so just following that. You're here. I think that's great advice to everybody out there. So Nina, I want to thank you for coming on today. You know, obviously your insights, your experiences, some of the stuff you've done is not only entertaining, but it's really gives a different perspective of, you know, to your point, following your passion and gaining, right? A lot, you know, obviously not only from your own personal self, right? But, you know, kind of some of the things that you're putting out there. So again, I want everybody to go out there and help lobby, you know, for, and let's get that petition going and get her socials up as best we can. So we got to get her out there. Uh, I appreciate you coming on for this, you know, kind of really interesting, fascinating discussion. So to everybody out there, don't forget to subscribe, make sure you share the podcast, make sure you share all the information you learned here today, because I think it's really interesting as you continue to explore, you innovate, you thrive especially when you're passionate about something. So thanks everybody. Thanks Nina for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We really appreciate it. If you found this conversation valuable, go ahead and share it with your network and make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast listening platform to be the first to hear of new episodes. Until then, stay curious, stay engaged, And stay tuned for more amazing insights right here on the 7Peer Podcast.